Welcome back to... Hmm. Well, you can't really be welcomed back to Cobbler's Gulch. Hazel and her orphan brothers have crossed the bridge of the Spinning Woman. And yeah, it's only a short walk from the field of lilt blossoms. A handful of gallops on horseback. A single flap of the wings of a giant albatross. A dozen or so hops of a wild wolpertanger. But some distances are hard to measure if you're only going by geography. If you're looking at it that way, sure, it's close. But sometimes you can merely round a corner and find yourself in an entirely different world. You can slip through an invisible curtain, one that separates your usual safe place from a land of absolute nightmares. So no, we can't welcome you back to Cobbler's Gulch. Instead, we offer this. Imagine a piece of paper, a blank page. Notice the margins, that space on either side of the page. When we write down our thoughts and feelings, our hopes and fears, those margins keep the words in focus. You need margins to make sense of your world. Hazel and her orphan brothers are traveling beyond the page, beyond Cobbler's Gulch, to the margins of their world. And you, you're going with them. It's probably gonna be confusing, scary, dangerous, maybe even deadly. But when you return from the margins, if you return from the margins, you'll see things differently. You'll be stronger, wiser, an altogether new person. Of course, this is all hypothetical, since it completely depends on whether or not you make it out alive. But that's another conversation, one we'll get to eventually. But first, episode 15. The Petrified Warlock. The night still hangs as Hazel and her orphan brothers enter the Crimson Forest. And it'll hang for several hours to come. Not that it matters. Night and day differ little in the Crimson Forest, since it's dark either way. Light only comes from two places. First, the blaze beetles, with their glowing butts, who infest only some parts of the Crimson Forest. There's no method to their migrations. And second, there are the slipshod shafts of light that only slip through in select places. These select places are determined willy-nilly by the looming crimson forest trees that crowd each other. Their canopy blots out the stars in the sky, strangling almost every ray of sunshine or moonbeam that tries to creep in. Only a handful of breaks in the canopy allow light to fall through, a nook here and there. Hazel and the orphans happen upon one of those nooks almost immediately. Moonlight angles down on something peculiar, the petrified warlock. And it seems that beam of moonlight is the very thing forcing the petrified warlock into his permanent posture of pleading, one knee down, his left hand shielding his face, his right hand steadying his begging crouch. It's not the groveling stance of a fearful being, but rather of a cowardly being. 
creature who's long delighted in the miseries of the weak and is now having those miseries eternally visited on his own head. The roots of the forest have long since grown around the feet and the one hand planted on the ground of the petrified warlock, and it looks like he's being slowly swallowed by the forest. What, um, what do you suppose spooked him? Could be anything. Couldn't it be anything? Copper bites his lip to stave off his shivered timbers. Oh, I... Maybe it was the light. You mean the dark. Hazel doesn't want to mention what Huffnagel told her about Wooden Wolf. The last person who didn't do what the wolf asked, well, you take a walk across the bridge of the spinning woman and see what's left of him. Since it would likely slow them down, and they've already lost too much ground dealing with the spinning woman. Um, we should probably get going before it gets any darker. There's lots of dark here. There's lots of dark everywhere. The two dwarves feel the darkness crowding in on them. A cave of darkness. And they don't like it one bit. Could be a, a monster that rattled them so. A monster would make sense. Or maybe something from the realm of the lost and the forgotten. What will happen if the same thing spooks us? Will it turn us into petrified orphans? Did it turn us into petrified orphans? Zip turns into a frizzle chicken. You'll turn yourself into a petrified orphan before anyone does it for you. Hazel grows impatient with the conversation, and she's weighing the benefits of sharing the story about Wooden Wolf just to speed things up. And that's when they hear the roar. It isn't exactly argle-bargle. But it's possible that the ones who are speaking Argobargle, the same ones who kidnapped what Hazel believes to be the fairy, it's possible they've invoked the roar of another beast. Piggly, piggly, the fairy! Immediately, Hazel sprints in the direction of the roar into the darkness of the Crimson Forest, her orphan brothers right behind her. Thanks for listening. On the next Cobbler's Gulch, the Grawlicks. In the meantime, know this. Fear grows in the darkness. Not the literal darkness, but rather the figurative darkness. The darkness of loneliness. So do yourself a favor. Do all of us a favor. Tell someone about the journey you're on in Cobbler's Gulch the adventure you're embarking on in the Crimson Forest. Tell them about Hazel and her orphan brothers. Bring more people to the light of this adventure. Adventure and fellowship. Those are the nourishing ingredients of courage. Courage.